five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, and we're going to be talking about RFM today and also some award-winning stuff and how to keep your company going when everyone else is falling by the wayside. Should be good, I think. And first, let's go to the Aldi Christmas ad for this year, which has its moments. Okay, they're getting ready to go all passengers to Paris. That's important. Here we go. Neighborly, so plugs for neighborly. Christmas in Paris, a family vacation. They're, they're going to Paris. Missing from this festive they're in the airplane. Kevin! <laughs> but this little parrot would spend Christmas at home. Watching the World Cup. Get scared when left all alone. <laughs> Waking in his roots, he had to make a stand. What a great move there. So he's now defending the house. And look at they get all the shots of everything good for Christmas, including the pudding. And uh, all of a sudden, he had a bright idea. Which almost dashed his I don't know what that was about. Year. Fried carrot. Fearing that his plan <coughs> left him quite a This was over the top for me. I could have left this out. Nose? Nose. Thank goodness you're here. Someone's been trying to get in. But even though that was a little too much. Adults for me. To have everybody there. But it's a little that. funny. It was quite a surprise. Let's make Christmas amazing for <clears throat> Okay, so anyway. So anyway, all these commitment to Kevin the Carrot and to Christmas and to low prices has won it a number of awards. Aldi's dedication to low prices has won it and the Humble Carrot. Okay, it also won a big award in in uh, Australia. So Aldi's been on a journey on a journey since entering the UK market 30 years ago. Okay, <clears throat> they have a carrot called Kevin helping to propel, and it's a really good article. You know, Aldi has had a stellar year. In the last quarter, it brought on 1.5 million new customers, making its total customer base 14.2 million. Okay, uh, the percentage of households shopping at Aldi increased to 65%. So they two thirds of the of UK shop at Aldi. My mom, when it first came to America, I'd never even heard of it. My mom used to love going to Aldi. Um, <clears throat> sales are up 22.7% compared year over year, and Aldi's market share has gone from 7.9 to 9.2. Uh, consistency and commitment to low price got it named brand of the year uh, they've been expanding the number of stores in the UK a large portion of the products come from the UK including even 40% of its fruits and vegetables and all of its meat and milk okay and that tells you something about their commitment since it's a British chain you know I mean it's a German chain uh, really really doing well and then they get into the Oh, the turning point was in 2011, so about 10, 10, 11 years ago, and uh, they had an ad. I should have played this ad, too. I'll put it on LinkedIn. Anyway, it's an elderly woman comparing a box of Procter & Gamble chips, or tips, I think it is, with Aldi's own brand before declaring she preferred gin. <laughs> it's really funny. She's doing this comparison. She says, I like gin. <laughs> 
So they've had a lot of those a little bit funny, a little bit uh, over the top car, uh, uh, commercials for for years. And then in in 2016, they brought on Kevin the Carrot and uh, his adventures, and they've really been good. I mean, uh, I really really like them. Um, Last year, the supermarket chain was taken to court by Marks and Spencers uh, because of a copyright or a trademark infringement. Uh, Marks and Spencers had Cole Cuthbert, the, the, oh no, they had Colin the Caterpillar, and, uh, <laughs> and Aldi came up with Cuthbert the Caterpillar Cake. So that's a cat. Apparently, Caterpillar Cakes are a thing <laughs> in the UK. And how many C names are there? Well, it could have been Charlie. It might have been better off. But anyway, so then they got on social media and, and ran a campaign of free Cuthbert, the Caterpillar. And uh, there were Cuthbert fans even protesting outside of Marks and Spencer. So uh, Aldi is a worthy winner and won even in the even in Australia. They won a big at uh, a big thing too. Okay, here's a. Musk comes up with a new concept for Twitter, reinstates some banned Twitter accounts, not all of them, although he did do the Babylon B account, which is one of my favorites, but I subscribe directly because they've been banned so many times. He unveiled the concept of freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. What a great line. You know, I got to give it to him. He's almost as funny as the Babylon B. Um, one of the problems with Twitter has always been that if you comment quickly on a post by some celebrity or notable, you 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 ride on the coattails of their of their followers of their reach. You get you get disproportionate uh, reach compared to your own efforts. You 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 know you and if you can get them to engage with you, it's even more astounding. So. Twitter has always been unbalanced in that way, that the person who go, goes and gets the followers, you know, may or may not benefit as much as the person who criticizes that person. And it's part of the business model, right? Right in built in there. So now they're saying, well, you, we're not going to stop you from saying stuff, but we're not necessarily going to promote what you say, you know. I've I've seen and heard a lot of stories about them shadow banning the uh, shadow banning the uh, you know and changing the, the you know it says the 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 trending news you know it doesn't take much to be trending sometimes only a couple of thousand uh, retweets and stuff will get you trending but oftentimes it'll go thousands and thousands and all of a sudden they realize that it's not their ideology and quap it'll just disappear. You know, so they, they've been playing games for a long time. Um, it says negative and hate tweets will be max will be max deboosted and demonetized. So no ads or other revenue to Twitter. I think that's also good. You know, they're they're going to they're going to take it in their own pocketbook. You won't find the tweet unless you specifically seek it out. Or hopefully if I'm following somebody, I'll see their tweets, whether you know, I don't care if they're boosted or not. I don't care. You know, if it's big news. In fact, I'd rather have less news, 
right? On Facebook, one of the things that makes Facebook anno uh, <laughs> not annoyable, enjoyable <laughs> is that if you follow groups, if you join groups, and you have to have groups let you in most of the time, if you join groups, then and you go and you know Facebook will notify you that you've got a new post from somebody in the group and you don't ever see any ads it's really wonderful it makes it you know I don't care about my friends I care about my groups <laughs> so if you want to if you want to have a good Facebook experience you know get your family in a group and you don't you make it private nobody else sees it and you don't it's not your it's not your uh, main whatever you call that feed uh, and off, all you, off you go. Okay. One of the notable catalogs of all time, William Sonoma, announced third quarter results. Uh, a 25, an 8.1 comparative gain, 25% two-year, and almost 50% three-year comp. And this is a mature catalog company. We delivered another quarter of record revenues earning and earnings in a challenging environment. Way to go. And... Uh, you know, one of the things I like is <clears throat> down here it says that they they market through catalogs. It's in here somewhere. Yeah, here it goes. <laughs> they market through e-commerce, websites, direct mail catalogs, and retail stores. And so I gave you a copy of their of their Tis the Season. Look at that, just beautiful, beautiful stuff. You know, my one of my great regrets in life is that I I that. Chicago Cutlery wanted me to build a catalog with them, like the Chef's Catalog or William Sonoma, and I didn't. I didn't have a big enough vision for it. I showed them how they could be profitable, like every year for five years, and be and be and have sales of 10 million. Uh, they wanted sales of more like a billion, or at least a couple of hundred million. And uh, we could have done that. Could have done it just as well, but you know they were very disappointed when I didn't think big enough. So big, big mistake. Getting started with list segmentation. The basics of list segmentation, this is from Stephen Lett. I don't know where his name went, but it's at the bottom. Uh, and he and I go back a long, long way. Uh, the basics of list segmentation are knowing who to mail and who not to mail. And that's maybe more important. And that's what has been my career for the last 30 or 40 years, deciding who not to mail. <clears throat> <clears throat> what is segmentation? It means to divide the marketplace into parts, okay, or segments, which are definable, accessible, and actionable. And one of the problems with the with the uh, gated walled village, whatever they call them, is that you don't necessarily know what what the segments really. Who, who's seeing the ad? Who's seeing your ads? Whereas in direct mail, you can really tightly define based on first party data who's getting and who's not getting your catalog, okay. Uh, the simple answer is to protect against overmailing certain customers and wasting precious marketing dollars. Now, Steve's focus in this article is mail, uh, but you know I think that it has even more merit in email. Um, that we need to think about over emailing, <laughs> even if it isn't the cost isn't a factor. The value of the customer is a factor. Okay, and segmentation, of course, is one way to figure out who to email and who not. And the best system he's ever found is recency, frequency, frequency, and monetary value. RFM has stood the test of time. Interestingly, I had a conversation this past week on RFM. They watched some of my videos on YouTube. I have a, a, I have a playlist, I think, on YouTube on RFM and the dangers of it. 
And uh, so you can go over there. Maybe I'll put that link up. Uh, he says, recency is always the number one criteria for determining a repeat purchase. And if you get my book, there's one available on Amazon. I'm trying to rewrite it. But the, the Kindle will probably be available forever. Spinning Star on the Gold. It has some really cautionary stories. When I, got, when I was working with Cabela's, uh, we, it was our first real catalog, big catalog mailer that we were doing uh, segmentation, customer segmentation modeling for. And when we built the model, we were building the model for phishing, the phishing catalog launching in uh, January, mailing in January. And we were working on it in November. <clears throat> and we were working on it based on last year's results. <clears throat> and when we built the model, the... The recency wasn't in it. It was just not there. It was gone. Recency was not, not only wasn't it at the top of the model, which is common, but it wasn't in the model at all, really, to speak of. And so I called my friend Tim Maybe, who was at Neiman Marcus and had given talks at the, at the uh, DMA about uh, RFM and about modeling. And I said, Tim, you know, what's up? Recency isn't in the model. He said, your model's wrong. Now, at the time, <clears throat> at the time, people who were doing modeling were doing one model to find the best customers, to find how deep to go. And they would have one big model and say, who are our best customers, period. Now, we'd been working with the Hudson Bay Company in Canada. <clears throat> and I said, well, you know, the, 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 best, the best customer for, you know, using the credit card at gas stations isn't necessarily the best customer for using it for travel. And even in travel, it's different going to Cancun or the Yukon. It's really, really different. What, what are you, you know, it could be com a completely different. So we need to be able to build models dynamically, like on the fly for a particular offer. The offer and the model must be connected. And no one was doing that in those days. Nobody even, you know, they, it was, it took so long to build a model and it was so expensive that almost nobody was modeling in it in general. And so the idea of modeling for a particular mailing was unheard of. And so for Cabela's, we modeled the fishing catalog. And, you know, after Tim told us that we were probably wrong, and we really never had done, we hadn't really done anything of that scale with real mailers. You know, Hudson Bay was a was a credit card company inside of a, of a retail company. So they, they wouldn't have necessarily known what, whether it was right or wrong, but Cabela's would. And then it hit me that if you're built, if you're if you're pulling names in November, who are your customers? And it turned out they were the hunters. So the recency wouldn't be at the top. The recency would be down, down. It would be a year ago. And because of the way we set up recency with enough sensitivity for that, it was saying, don't mail the recent buyers, mail the repeat fishermen buyers. <laughs> and that's what we did. And they told us that mailing made them $2.4 million more than projected incremental revenue, incremental profit. Uh, and they were pretty happy with that. But then their IT department said, oh, we know how to do all that stuff. Um, so anyway, uh, this is why you want to get with somebody who has broad experience because your catalog or your, or your retail store may be different may have some nuances and you want to have enough variables in there that we can spot the odd stuff because the odd stuff oftentimes is where you make the money. Okay. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about 
a lifetime value. Excellent article. Excellent beginning article, I would say. Um, we also have a website, which I'll put in the links, um, called RFM at, uh, da, whoops, rfm.migmar.com. <clears throat> we used to have a special RFM, but it didn't get that much traffic. And um, and I forgot to renew the URL. <laughs> so rfm.migmar.com. And I'll put that in the links also. Anyway, highly recommend Steve's article. And, and uh, you know, feel free to give him a call. I think his number is in here. Uh, or you can find him uh at LinkedIn, I'll link I'll link to his profile in the in the uh, in the in the notes. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.